You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's 11 o'clock at night. It's dark. You're sitting in front of the mirror getting ready for bed. There's nobody else in the house. You see something move in the corner of your eye. You glance to your right, but you don't see anything. Another minute goes by, and you think you see movement again. So you slowly turn to your left, but again, the room is empty. You turn back around, and staring you face to face in the mirror is a cat. You jump back, because you don't have a cat, and there's no cat in the room. But there he is, staring at you in the mirror. Welcome to Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week, we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Now, step into the supernatural world of pets with your Paranormal Pets ghostly host, our ghost host. Welcome to Paranormal Pets Radio. I'm your host, Brandi Stark, and on today's episode, we have Kimberly Gray, who is a registered nurse, a licensed massage therapist, and a certified healing touch practitioner and instructor. She has 25 years nursing experience. She works with adults, children, and infants in a variety of settings. She's a healing touch practitioner for animals as well, which is why she's here on our show today, and she provides energy-based modalities for animals to support health and well-being. Kimberly has a holistic health care provider and has been a holistic healthcare provider and educator since 1999 and has been a pioneer in the Tampa Bay area in incorporating healing touch in the hospital setting. Through her passion and commitment to energy-based modalities and holistic care, Kimberly has raised awareness with the community through print, radio, and television. She's the founder of the St. Joseph's Hospital Healing Touch Program and is currently the coordinator of the Integrative Healthcare Program at Tampa General Hospital. Uh, We've actually had quite a few interesting conversations and uh, she is going to join us right after these words from our sponsors. Now, time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to TeachersPetSessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Salvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com.
When you're looking to add a pet into your life, consider adopting a homeless animal from your local shelter or rescue group. Whether you want a kitten, puppy, or a more mature pet, a purebred or a one-of-a-kind mixed breed, even a rabbit or hamster, your shelter has the best selection of animals anywhere, all screened for good health and behavior. PetLifeRadio.com presents Take Me Home with your host, Susan Daffron. Join us each week as we showcase wonderful pets, tell stories, and even throw some pet education into the mix. So get ready to find out why the pet adoption option can be a great way to add a furry companion into your life. Take me home every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host. Welcome back. Kimberly, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Thank you, Brandy. Good to be here. Well, I'm just very excited to have you on here. This is something a little bit different, uh, working with uh, the uh, healing touch aspect for animals. I'm curious as to know, um, how did you get started in this field? Well, originally I got started in the energy-based modalities of healing on my own self-healing journey. And then I was raised in the Midwest on a farm and have always had an affinity and love for animals. So it just translated very easily to work with animals as well as humans. Very good. And can you tell us a little bit about exactly what is the Healing Touch for animals? Oh, I would love to. Well, Healing Touch is a complementary biofield therapy, and it works with the electromagnetic field that runs through the body, whether you're human or an animal, and it radiates from the body. And what Healing Touch does is it's through intention and presence. It clears and balances and energizes the electromagnetic energy within and surrounding us, and it creates an optimum environment for our body to heal. Because all healing is self-healing, even with animals, it's all about balance. And once we restore balance to the being, then the body can do its healing work itself. Now, that, that's really interesting because as a paranormalist, we actually do look for EMF and paranormal investigation. So the electromagnetic field itself is what you're healing. And I actually did not, I was not aware of that. So, and you do this through intent. So, in, in other words, our mind really does have an impact upon our energy. Oh, absolutely, because where thought goes, energy flows. And that's why this work is so beautiful because you can even work with an animal by placing your focus and intention upon it without it physically in front of you through distance work because where your thoughts go and your intention goes it's like a flow of uh, through it's a universal field that we're in this universal electromagnetic field and it's very driven by what we're thinking but the other key the other key point is that we have to be very present the two primary ingredients in this work are compassionate intention and centered heart and that's why animals themselves are excellent healers because their heart energy, their heart chakra, chakra is one of our energy centers. It's a Sanskrit word. They never close on animals. You know, unlike for a human, if, if somebody upsets us, we, you know, it, 
in our heart, it affects us. But with animals, they're just like, okay, I'm moving on now. I still love you anyway. And, they, <laughs> and they're very powerful healers themselves. Okay, so you were talking about chakra energy, and that's actually an entirely new direction and an interesting field. I mean, it's incredibly old, but uh, we haven't talked a lot about the chakras in this particular show. So can you talk a little bit more about the chakras? You said that the heart chakra on the animal is constantly open, whereas humans kind of open and close them. Now, do animals have the same chakra points that humans do? I mean, do humans usually have a major seven chakras kind of up and down the spine plus others, but does this correlate? to animals too? Yes, theoretically, um, they have basically the same kind of chakra system. They do have seven major chakras, and chakra is actually a Sanskrit word that means spinning wheel or spinning vortex, and these are vortexes of energy that um, run along the, they're correlated with our nerve ganglion plexuses along our spine. So with animals, the work is very similar, except the hand placements are a little different because many animals are quadrupeds and they stand differently than than most of us humans as bipeds or standing on two legs versus four. But basically the energy is the same. Oh, that's pretty interesting because I know, uh, I think humans are also supposed to have chakras in their hands, you know, minor socratic points. So I would assume that would translate then to animals in their paws as well. Yes, it does. You're correct about that, Brandy. Oh, that's really pretty wild. Um, mm-hmm. All right, so... What you're trying to do then is you're you're working on the EM field and you're working on balancing the chakratic or the chakra energy. Is that correct? Exactly. We're just bringing restoring balance to the energy field to create an optimum environment for the natural healing processes or for self-healing. Okay. So how does this transfer work? I mean, are you transferring your own energy into the animal or pulling from the universe or, or how does that exactly work? That is an excellent question. So... What we're doing is, as a practitioner, we have to be grounded and connected with the earth energy because we get energy within ourselves a few different ways. One is we pull in electromagnetic energy from the earth, and we also pull in energy through our crown, which is at the top of our head, such as where the soft spot was when we were born as a baby, and we pull in this universal life force energy from the universe, electromagnetic energy there, and then we also get energy from our food and water and such as that. But what in the bio field energy works, what is happening is we are a conduit. We become like a hollow reed through which this universal energy flows in a dynamic movement. And when we're centered and grounded and connected with the earth energy and open to this universal field of energy and in our hearts, with that intention, we become like um, a hose, so to speak, that this flow is just dynamically moving through. And it's one electromagnetic field influencing another electromagnetic field. And there are laws of physics that explain it, Maxwell's law, and that explain it on a physics level. But basically, it's just being a conduit for the flow of energy. And then the animal that you're working on their body does the work. We're not really doing anything. We're being present for that flow to come through us with the intention for their highest good of whatever they need. 
Now that's interesting. How now? I know that that you've worked this and incorporated this into Tampa General, and and when we've talked a little bit. You know, it's always quite interesting to hear how medical science works with this. How do you find that veterinarians are dealing with energy healing? Are you finding a receptivity? Are people saying, "Oh, this is a great thing," uh, or are people still <laughs> saying, "I'm not quite sure about this, and and I don't know why it works or if it works." Okay. That's also a very good question. And it, too, mirrors our allopathic medical system, our Western world. Remember, a lot of the um, teaching in the allopathic or the Western medical world is still based on Newtonian physics. And this work is based on quantum physics, the theory of relativity and energy never dies. It only changes form. So with the back to your question about the veterinarians, there are some that actually... They're open. You have holistic vets who love this work and support this work. Actually, there's a a veterinarian in Tampa that we did um, a news piece with when we brought the Healing Touch for Animals classes here. She's a holistic vet, Dr. Ann Lamprew, and she actually came to the class herself and brought one of her workers so that they could try to incorporate it within their practice. And then you would have other veterinarians that would say, well, it's not scientifically validated enough for my taste. It's very individual case by case. Okay. And that's certainly a fair assessment. It's, uh, I find it quite interesting to see not only our medical field, but, but also the veterinarian field in which there seems to be kind of this divergency that's starting to emerge between Western medicine and Eastern ideology, Eastern medicines. I think eventually there'll be a little bit more connectivity between the two. Uh, do you see that happening? Do you think that uh, the healing touch will eventually gain widespread acceptance and might become a, a part of, of normal veterinarian procedures? As I said, in some areas it already is, and I do see that it may, you know, it just takes time for the mass consciousness to raise and for people to understand these concepts. As I said earlier, they're they're not what we've been programmed with, so it takes a whole program shift. It's like, you know, rebooting the system to a different belief system or adding to the old one. Right. And of course, uh, you know, you, you end up with all sorts of different theories on that, such as one of my favorites is Kuhn, who said that you have theory A and theory B. Theory A is the accepted, theory B is the new one, and that sometimes there's a, there's a big fight between the two until, you know, sometimes either you get theory C, which is a combination of the two, or B actually ascends. So, you know, as we continue on, you know, my personal belief is that religion and science will coincide eventually, and that we'll start saying, well, you know, religion isn't quite as far off as we thought, you know, basically both religion and science or, you know, the, the ideas of energy and healing and things along those lines and, and medical science. I almost think that it's interesting because it's two ways of trying to solve the same problem. And I just find it very interesting that both sides seem to have validity. So let's hope that uh, as time goes on, this will become a good viable option because I've seen many pets that have had, in my opinion, unnecessary or uh, harsh treatment where uh, sometimes maybe holistic, you know, people had known about a holistic or an alternative medicine, you know, might have saved a bit of time and trouble and pain. I love the fact that you brought that up, Brandy, because it doesn't have to be one or the other. I mean, we are beings of body, mind, spirit, and emotions, and, and 
you know, some would debate that for animals, but I believe that we're all connected in this same energy field and we're here to help one another out. And it can be an integrative effort, even with the veterinarian care, it's integrating the holistic and, you know, other modalities they're not used to maybe with the hardcore science and to restore the highest good for the animal, just balance um, in whatever way possible. Um, I do have a wonderful story that, that kind of marries the two. About six years ago, a puppy found its way to me on this synchronistical chain of events. I did not want a dog, and I thought, well, maybe I'm supposed to be the middleman to get this puppy to someone. So I brought him home, um, an Australian Shepherd mix, and within five days, he, I took him back to the vet, and he was dying. He had parvovirus. And the vet looked at me and said, Kimberly, you have three choices. Either take him home and he'll die in about two hours. Let me euthanize him or let me put, let me hydrate him and just see what happens. I mean, his energy was just like a 